And wait, and wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die. Hello and welcome back to another Toronto Till I Die, the TFC fan show. I'm Mike Newell and what a difference a week makes. The vibes after a 1-0 win vanish faster than the East End does in the 75th minute of a game. Uh, This week we're going to get into, of course, that 2-0 loss at home against New England. What went wrong? How does it get fixed? Is this team any good? Uh, you know, is the plan around Insigne, Bernardesi, is that working? Is this actually working? And we will get to your answers uh, to this week's burning question presented by Nextdoor. There is a lot to dig into, even news that got dropped before we hit the show today. So we definitely will get to that um, with my co-hosts, as usual, Michael Singh and Jeffrey Pinesker. And, and you can see there is a fourth square uh, on our screens today, uh, joined by a special guest, friend of the show, Rachel Dory, of uh, the Staff and Graph podcast and the Hockey News. Uh, but you also know that she's got her finger on the pulse of Toronto FC and her beloved Bayern Munich. So, Rach, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. I feel like every time I join the show, it's always because there's a tire fire occurring. <laughs> we only, bring, it my we only bring you in for the mess. No, we only bring you in no, for the we'll, mess. You know? We promise we'll bring you back in for for like a celebratory. Oh my God, we beat NYCFC and everything's better. Like last <laughs> yeah, episode. Yeah, exactly. so, well, you were supposed so, yeah, to be it's on been last a, It's week. been a wild ride. Yeah, yeah. She was supposed to be on it, last That's week, true. So, she was supposed to be on last So week. technically, you know, we'll, we'll give you credit for some good vibes there as well. Um, but everybody, how was your weekend? Um, obviously a disappointing loss at BMO, but... Um, I didn't watch it because I was having a lovely anniversary dinner with my wife. Happy so, anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. So mm-hmm. I just, I, I avoided this until I watched it yesterday. And then I was like, watch the game. <laughs> hey, I feel like this <laughs> is, this is like food corner worthy. What'd you do? Mm. Oh man. I went corner. to, went to Victoria's man in here in Hamilton. Anniversary uh, quarter. Ooh, mm-hmm. It was, it was good. It was good. Um, we did the uh, bone and ribeye shared it between Ooh. the two of us with a whole bunch of fixins, and uh, they make a really good, uh, drink that's kind of like an old fashioned, but a, a more modern take on it. Um, definitely had a few of those. Uh, definitely <laughs> had to take the Uber home uh, afterwards. Was nice. the wife happy? Super happy. Super, super, super happy. That's all that, that matters. Was, that was her that's idea. All that matters. Yeah. You was her idea, success. So. success. I feel like we're either in Hollywood Squares, and that makes me like Phyllis Diller or something, or I've got to start singing the Bradley Bunch theme. Like it's just <laughs> the 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 four squares really really interesting. Like you know. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a weekend, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know, it was one of those things where uh, I, I kind of felt for everybody that went to BMO and Saturday, like I was getting messages from people just being like, what, what, what is going on here? And I ignored them for most, most of the day because, you know, um, I, I wanted to try to watch it on my own and see what, what actually happened. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, no, these are pretty warranted. Um, but Mike, you were in the, you were in the press box. How did you take it in? Um, I think it was even worse watching it at the stadium yeah. just because the, the reason I say that is because it was finally some good weather. Um, you could see that the crowd was a little bit busier than past weekends and it really started to feel like, like one of those special BMO field summer nights, right? 
like everything was building up to that moment. They're facing the the league leading New England Revolution. Josie Altador is back in town. They're coming off a win against New York City FC. And man, they did not do anything to get the crowd involved in the game and get the crowd behind them whatsoever. There wasn't too many of those, you know, moments that get gets the stadium excited and there wasn't much momentum to build off. So, I mean, New England did a really good job of just taking and sucking the life out of the game. And unfortunately, TFC, despite, you know, how much star talent and how many big names that they have up, up top, they couldn't create any big sort of moments. So, yeah, overall, it was, it was, it felt a lot worse than a 2 nothing loss, if that makes sense. I mean, no, just I think- look at Twitter. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. Rach, I uh, just want to get your take on it, sort of from where you were in your seats. And, and I wonder if you share the same sentiments as uh, Mike, and I'm sure Jeff will have the same sentiments as well. Yeah, like for me, um, I was sitting in my usual spot. And it's pretty bad when the highlight of my entire like experience is being slide tackled by Richie Larea's son at halftime. <laughs> like I got full-blown slide tackled in the knee by his kid and that was like the best part of the game because I got to hang out and play soccer with him because the rest of the game I was sitting there and like, I'm sitting with all of like the wives and the girlfriends and not only do you have to deal with the fact that like we're not playing well but there are other fans in that section and we have to sit there and like listen to them yell and scream about the players on the field and it's like that's not all that enjoyable when you know these people, these people are your friends. And so I felt mm-hmm. like there was like a little bit of an added thing. And like Jonathan Osorio was sitting like right up in that box. Like he could hear all of it and he was shaking his head multiple times. So you could kind of tell that it almost feels like there's some angst and, and it feels really volatile right now. Like last week, like you said, the vibes were vibes per 60 were on fire. Now it's, it's per like, 90. Vibes per, per 90, 90 yeah. I, we, yeah, vibes per 90. Yeah, yeah. Now the vibes per 90 are like blow up the team. Like it's, it's, mm. it <laughs> just feels super volatile right now. No S. <laughs> yeah. Um, Apparently, can we raise a glass before it yeah. disappears in the stack? Can we raise a glass for critical rake, everybody? Oh, no. I mean, hey. oh, I no. Mean, Oh Sorry, no, buddy. buddy. That's, I'm feeling, yeah, yeah. yeah. Buddy, Critical I got rate. water. So I almost want to, yeah, yeah. Yikes. A lot. We most of us have season tickets. Just if you want to go again, we'll do a mulligan <laughs> yeah. critical rate. We All got right. you. Yeah, we for got those, you. Uh, we got you. Yeah. For those listening on the podcast, Carol Rake just said this was my first live game. Yeah, that's that's yeah. tough. That is tough. It sounds yeah. worse when you say it out loud. Yeah, it <laughs> does. It really, really, really does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeff, how did you how did you take in the game? Fede mm. like does something cool. There wasn't yeah. really mm-hmm. even any of that. Zero cool. Zero cool. It was lower body injury FC and vibes per 90 FC. And it was just, I didn't want to see either of those teams. Um, uh, good. You enjoyed section 111 uh, critical rate. That's awesome. Um, there was another comment earlier that the South end coordinated pretty well. I mean, that's because most people's mouths were agape and incapable of rational thought midway through that match. So for the people that were still singing, good on you. For people like me that were just like mouth agape, like, uh, can we talk about anything else? And uh, you asked me, you asked me how, like, you know, 
the TTC is conspiring to ruin my T my TFC season. I'm going to tell you, like at TTC this point, I'm TTC just going to go home. Like I'm just going to go home. I mean, holy, holy crap. Like when they don't even put somebody in there to tell all the unwashed masses, what the hell is going on. And you're just standing around like lemmings playing Lord of the flies. Like, well, I'm going to go into the exit room because the exit route, because no one's going to stop me. You, like, I mean, this is why people, you know, yeah. we got to give you ah. a segment on here called the TTC. Yeah, I don't, I don't want it. I TTC just want rants. it to work and I can get into my game proper. I'm not asking. I'm not asking for a reserve seat. I'm not asking. I'm going to give you like, a segment for, for T for T C white glove corner. service. I'm just. <laughs> I'm going to ask you about the game to work. Going to ask you about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just Uber Jeff. I, am I made of money? Holy crap! I Uber enough, and and I can't afford stuff anymore. Uh, rant over. Um, how did I enjoy it? You did. I took a guest. Well, I took a guest, a uh, good friend of mine, who's not exactly the most uh, uh, footy mad person in the world, and you know, games like this where you take a guest that isn't footy mad, you're missing most of the game because they want to talk about just about anything else. I humored him this time because to be completely honest, I wanted to talk about just about anything else. Um, it was, it was awful. I, what, what else to say? It was, it was crush soul crushingly existential crisis generating awful. It was awful. Um, you know, let's not, uh, give, NYCFC all the all the flowers like you know they're not they're not Barcelona they're not prime Barcelona beating them felt good whatever that was felt really 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 bad (laughs) and that's my expert opinion (laughs) well look from watching it on the replay um I wanted to sort of go into and be like okay maybe I'm gonna see something here that hey look okay maybe that wasn't that bad right you're playing the league leaders you're playing you know arguably you know right now the best informed team in the league Maybe there were some things that we did really well that, you know, can say you can point to and say, okay, well, look, this happened. Yes, okay, you lost to nil, but this happened. I mean, look, I, they, they from from a TV perspective, like, look, the, the the announcers did a really good job of trying to be like, hey, they've got a chance at the ball. They're trying to, you know, they're 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 moving a little bit. They've got a turnover. <laughs> they're trying to, but it, you could see that they were forcing it because. In truth, although TFC won the possession battle um, in a lot of, you know, just on just from a straight statistics perspective, that that New England team was never in trouble in this game at all. Not ever. No, Not ever. you know what I mean? They never, Carlos they never was clowning us for fun. Yeah, there oh was, my there was, God, he yeah. dominated the midfield. Yeah, yeah and there was no, fun. Yeah, yeah, there was no sort of moment where you thought, okay, you we really put them in any kind of real danger. Um, and... and I, I tweeted this out earlier and, and I'm just, you know, we'll get into the game itself and sort of talk about some of the, the beats, like the turnovers and things like that. Mm-hmm. But when they scored the second goal, that is maybe the quietest, at least on television, I had ever heard Bimo, Bimo Field. Maybe other than the pandemic games where like no one was there, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it was kind of it the was, gold standard, but yeah. Yeah, it was like, a, it, what, I mean, look, you could just feel like the air, the soul got sucked out of the, out of the, Mm-hmm. stadium right it was just like for those who are hardcore have been there a long time we've seen this before but it, it's different it's different now because unlike before the golden era right we knew that team was going to be bad we saw the players and we knew it was going to be bad now you look at this team and you're saying this is the team that spends the most money in the league it brought in the coach it wanted right like, essentially like you let go greg vanny you don't re-sign him. 
Okay, we'll we'll put that on the shelf for a sec. Yeah, but as as my as 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 like- yeah as you know, yeah. there's rumors of that he might get sacked in L.A. But yeah, <laughs> um, but like you, you know, you you sit there and you, you you start thinking like, what the hell is going on with this team? Really, you do because yeah. the talent is there. The talent is there. You see it. It's there. You see it. But you just again, I say it every week. I feel like. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell this team is. Like, I don't know what they are. I don't know what their identity is. I don't know what they're trying to do most nights. It just feels like a bunch of players that go on the pitch and kind of try to do something and maybe give the ball to Insigne and maybe give the ball to Federico Bernardeschi and, and to L- Richie Larea now oh my and gosh. hope for, and hope for a bit of magic. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's how it feels. I know that's not actually what's happening. Like I know there is a plan, but that's just how it ends up playing out on the pitch. And it's frustrating for a lot of people to watch. And I'm not on this Bradley out train yet. I'm sorry. I know I'm going on a rent. Um, mm-hmm. No, do it. I love it. But I love it. It's the, 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 the stew is bubbling. You know what I mean? It's starting to bubble. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's not like a, it's not like it was early in parts of last year where people were saying that early, but like, you could say, look, like well, you're playing kids. You don't have your roster really set. You haven't brought in your big DPs yet. That hasn't happened. We didn't even know Mark Anthony K and Richie Larea was coming back and anything like that. You don't really have the benefit of a doubt now, right? Because you've had enough windows you brought in all the, uh, this is essentially Bob Bradley's team. Now there is no excuses anymore. Right. Yeah. And, and I know Mike, I'm going to bring you in here. The, and I know Jeff, you want to get in. So I'm going to bring you in now, but mm-hmm. how do you, how do they fix this now? Because you're 12th or 13th, sorry. You're going into a critical home and home Derby against Montreal tomorrow night. They play in the Canadian championship. And I know a lot of casual fans don't pay attention to the Canadian championships, but the the fans that do really care about this cup. And if you it lose to Montreal, that matters this year. If we're being well, honest. if you lose to Montreal tomorrow, I think it gets really ugly. I think it really gets ugly. I think it gets ugly if you lose to Montreal in MLS. People, the, the casual oh, for fans. Sure are still a little weird about the, the can championship. So I'll ask the three of you then for your Mm. perspectives on what is going on and how do we fix this? Let me, let me set the table because the best, the best take I've heard and I've read them all best take that I heard about this game was if you're going to gift the new England revolution under Bruce arena, a goal in the first 20 minutes, this is Matt Doyle at at MLS.com. Then you know exactly what you're going to get for the last, uh, uh, 80 minutes, which is a low block, and they're just going to invite you uh, to, to to bring pressure. So, you know, that's the context of the game, right? The problem is, is that we've said all of these excuses so many damn times, both as a salve for our own existential crisis and as a way to kind of take the temperature down in the wider TFC fandom when we see the hot takes start to outnumber the, the rational takes or the icy cold takes, right? But the issue is, is that I don't think at least in my perspective, I don't believe myself anymore. You know, the, the preaching patience, the it's all going to work out, that this team is talented. I don't, like, all of those gateposts have moved into the ridiculous now for me because I don't trust anything, right? I don't know if Lorenzo Insigne <laughs> is good at football. I don't anymore. I don't know if Bernadeschi is the Bernadeschi that Turin were like, take him. 
you know, the guy that rode the pine at Juve for a long time. We've been listening to former Juventus man for long enough that we all think he's he's you know he's the sec he's God's greatest gift to football. But you know, it's results like this when measured against results like last week, this maddening inconsistency and all of this madness. I have no truths anymore. All the truths that I held dear and all the little sort of checks and balances that I created to insulate myself as we rebuild in some kind of a realist perspective, they've gone out the window. And I don't believe anything anymore because the eye test refutes everything that I'm that I'm hearing and everything that I'm seeing. The eye test is that's a Timbits team out there. Like this is major league soccer. What the hell are you doing? You know what Rach, I mean? Rach, I'd love to get your thoughts. Yeah, um, I I try and take a bit of an outsider's perspective just because um, working in soccer now, um, it's it's uh, it's hard not to. Um, I look at this and when I watch this team, and this is a team obviously that I've grown to to love, um, whether it's like through my partner or whatever the case may be. Um, when I think back to the the glory days we'll call them like the good days where tfc probably should have won two if not three mls cups um that was a team that when the when push came to shove it was greater than the sum of its parts they played greater than the sum of their parts and right now i feel like when i watch this team this team is a bunch of individuals that are tremendously talented Lorenzo Insigne on his own is tremendously talented. Federico Bernadeschi, the same. Uh, Richie Larea, the same. Mark Anthony K, the same. Alonso Coelho is fantastic. I love watching that kid play. The problem that you have is, and I don't know if it's because Bradley and Oso are missing in the midfield, where like they're getting rinsed all the time now. But to me, this just looks like a bunch of individuals. And then Richie Larea trying to like get everybody on board. And to me, like, it kind of feels almost like broken down. Like, I don't know if they're on the same page or like the Crescido thing still kind of hangs over with the reasons why he left and his relationship with Insigne. Like, I don't really know what's going on from that perspective, but it looks like on the field, first of all, like the body language is absolutely horrendous. Uh, it's abysmal. It is, it's, it's just hor- terrible. It's- they all right? look like they hate each other. Let's let's, yeah. call it, let's be honest. Like they look like they'd You're rather be well. anywhere yeah. else than playing with their teammates, right? But like, I I will say mm-hmm. like from everything that I've heard and everything I've been around the team and watching them, it seems like it's one of the most cohesive groups of Toronto FC I've ever seen. And what I will well, then, add is then break it down. Let them all that, hate each other. Let's see what it looks that, like. On the field. Well, that's the thing that that 2017 <laughs> team. <laughs> They weren't the best of friends. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, they weren't the best of friends. Right? That's really so, interesting. That's really so interesting. I get it. And you know, when you look back at Sebastian Javinko and you see his body language, you know, his wasn't the greatest on the field That's either. He true. was demanding more. But the difference is that TFC were actually winning, and Sebastian Javinko had the right to do that because of the way that he was performing out on the pitch too. Now, well said, Mike. Mike, you you said you don't really know what this team's identity is. I think I have a pretty good idea. It's chaos. It's a team that can't create a ton of offensive chances and a team that is built almost to be defensively disciplined, if that makes sense, and not give up a ton of chances, but they don't create a ton of chances 
either. Right. So I think when you have games against the New England Revolution in particular, who, by the way, are one of the best defensive teams in Major League Soccer, and you give away a goal like that, it's extremely tough to claw back in because you have you don't ha- really have that much going for you going forward. And it's pretty. it sounds strange for me to say that because you have Lorenzo Insigne and you have Federico Bernadeschi on your team, but they're not enough on their own to consistently create chances game in, game out. You'll have moments during the course of a season. You'll have moments even in matches where they do do that, and it's brilliant. But that's not a recipe for success, sustained success. But then who, like, that's the thing that we came down. We we talked about this, if it was not last week, the week before. Mm -hmm. But, like, who is that on, right? Because this team right now, you know, look, like, you you bring in these two. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, yes and no. Yes, but you bring in these two wingers, right? And and whether or not, again, we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, whether or not these, these were his signings or signings That's that it. he was okay with, right. we'll we don't know. But you do have them, and you would expect with again a roster that's paid the way that it is paid and the talent that is there, okay. To play defensively is not really what the fans are looking for right now, right? Exactly. To get them out of their seats and get them really going into this team. Yes, you have two players. That I don't want to concede market. 66 goals three years in a row. No, of course not. But at the same time. All right, cool. But cool. you don't want to right. also be a team that looks like they, you know, it might take them, you know, three compasses and five maps to find the goal, right? And like, And that's that's the balance right now. And I guess how are you going to fix that? Because well, to me, like, I look at it, right? And you have, I don't even feel like, I don't even think it's arguable right now. You have the two most raw talent players in the entire league in terms of 24 and 10. Like, in terms of raw talent right now, they are the two best players in the league. Can I just and, interrupt you for one second? Why yeah. don't we play them at nine then? If so, they're raw talent. They're not yeah. I was actually... I, I don't think – my thing with, with all of the analysis that I've done is analyses. Wow, I can't even talk. Um, when you spend all that money on the wingers, which is LOL, that's what Greg wanted to do. Um, yeah, and you I do mean... that after he leaves. But right now what I feel like is the disconnect here is you clearly have – you have Richie behind Bernadeschi. And then you have, when he's healthy, Petretta behind Insigne. And I feel like those are actually pretty decent partnerships. The problem is, is when Michael Bradley was in his prime, he was the perfect player for this. But I firmly believe TFC needs what I like to call a field general in the middle of Mm. the pitch. And that is somebody that is making sure everybody is organized defensively when we're in defensive posture, but also is the player that is consistently able to transition the ball from defense to offense accurately and quickly. And to me, that's the missing piece right now. You can't expect your wingers to be running into the middle of the pitch and doing the work because the midfielders right now are young and Mm. underdeveloped. We don't have that kind of time when you have players like Bernadeschi and Insigne. So to me, the missing link is not spending money on a striker. The missing link, because you're like, I hate to break it to you, but you can't score if you don't get the ball to the scoring area. And right now, they can't mm. even do that. 
that and i think they also struggle to win the ball back when they don't have possession mightily like mightily you strong. need press is not good yeah yeah well and that's the thing where i go back to mike you're asking was insigne a bob bradley signing the reality was he wasn't like bill we know that bill manning has talked about when those conversations and discussions started it's it's a unique challenge for a coach to come in and tell you hey this is going to be your guy and like i know at face value it sounds like it's yeah it's am i taking thing crazy pills it's like it's like <laughs> oh i have a four three three that's winger dependent cool we got you lorenzo insigne nah nah i want <laughs> nah, i want to diamond again not interested <laughs> well, he's not my guy sorry you know what i mean no, like I'm when not, you say I'm not that out loud that. that sounds mental <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah you got your robin don't want him mm, dutch Alex. small hands you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I'm just, not even I'm not even saying yeah. that, Jeff. But mm-hmm. I understand that Lorenzo Insigne is an unbelievable player, an unbelievable talent. In order to get the best out of Lorenzo Insigne, and this is, has been the case for a, lo- a long time in his career, you need to s- surround him with other players who are capable of playing the game at the pace that he plays the game at. Yeah. He's not a player that gets going, going and consistently beat three players. And he's not Sebastian Javinko. Right, mm-hmm. the different types of players. The league has also evolved differently. Lorenzo Insigne is not physically better and more dominant than any uh, most defenders in Major League Soccer. So it's yeah. really tough for him to get a step on a defender and make something happen. The best way to do that is two things: surround him a with runners, guys who get in the box consistently and, and are, end up being targets for Lorenzo Insigne. Or be surrounded with players who are capable of playing the game at his pace and the way that he sees the game. But can you do that in Major League Soccer under a salary cap? I don't know if you can. So that's why I go back to saying, like, it's not. Was it a he's mistake? Not really. Well, he's not really a Bob Bradley signing because Bob Bradley historically, if you look at the type of players that Bob Bradley likes to sign, they're players who work their tails yeah. off on both mm-hmm. sides of the ball. Yep. Lorenzo Insigne is an anomaly to that. Like he he does work, but let's say he's a liability defensively on the pitch, right? He's still an unbelievable player. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. he'll he'll flop in major league soccer, but can you get the best out of him? That's the challenge I think Bob Bradley's working through right now is how exactly you do that. And he's tried a bunch of different things. I'm not sure he's he's figured out the exact Recipe well, I'm pretty that. sure he's figured out. He hasn't figured it out yet. Just, <laughs> I'm just gonna take. It. I, I think anyway, that but, they have been mm. better with Sapong, though. Like, they oh, have, absolutely, Miles yeah, better. He's off the ball. He's off the ball. Move. He's a striker. It's weird. I haven't seen one in a while with this club. Um, before before it disappears, and I'm not dunking on you, Daniel. But I, this, I'm using this as an example of how sick and twisted the fan. We're, it's, we're just eating ideas over and over again. And the comment is, you drop a Pozuelo type in that team, and there would be goals everywhere. Well, we had a Pozuelo type guy in that team, and we traded him because there were goals nowhere. You know what I mean? Like it's this is how crazy it's become in TFC Liveland. Like we can't trust our eyes uh, because we're hearing all of this stuff. We're trying everything. We're throwing everything at the wall. Nothing's working. And so then we're circling back. You know, it, it's almost like uh, we've we tried everything. So now we're back to get. I have. I have well, don't worry. Wait points. till Greg Vanny might get sacked by the LA so Galaxy. Here's, here's the one. one never go really, back. Mm. The one thing that really bugs what? me about like all of this is to me, there was one really big error last season 
that's had a domino effect on this season. And I think it's the a little bit underrated. This club. It was three seasons ago, but that's besides. <laughs> okay. Well, yes. You, <laughs> but last year, we can't do anything about like the past past, but last year there was one move made that I was like, this is going to be a mistake. And I think I said it to all three of you at one point. It was the Jacob Schaffelberg trade yes. because I yep. thought that he had really come into his own. And and stay with me here. If you keep Schaff, right? He, you have Richie. Richie is good enough to play both sides. Like he just is, but right? So if you keep Schaff, do you, do you don't do you have, have Richie? Petrella. Do you have Richie if you don't trade Schaff though? Yes, you do. Yes, you do because. He, Shaft like Richie can play that side, and Shaft can also play as a winger as but well. So my thing is, I like, just mean they they traded Schaffelberg to get yeah they use Shaft money for Richie money. Right, so is the me, party line? Right, so to me, you move a different player because yeah. like you move a Jaden earlier, or you move any one of another a number of players because to me, what it's done is create a domino effect of you got rid of Shaft, so now you had to get Petretta when Petretta's money could have been spent getting that piece in the yeah. midfield that I was talking about earlier that they Fair. clearly need. Right. So this goes back and I'm sorry, we're going a little circly here, but here this goes back to the, are we now kind of having extra eyes on the architect of all this, right? Or the architects, shall I say? You have to. It's architect. I think there's that no, should have been There's no way to avoid ago. it. Yeah. There's no way to avoid it. I mean, at this point you have to everything. There is the no MLSC board does. They're not happy they're spending $20 million on two wingers and not getting any wins. I can't imagine. Thank you. Beautiful segue. When Greg Vanny went to to see two Man City games and decided he wanted to be Pep and needed those wingers to play a 4-3-3 system, right? I'm on record for saying this is not the Premier League. We are salary cap league. The the level of play and the level of overall talent is much, much lower. Is that too sophisticated for MLS? I'm asking the same thing now. I realize Bob Bradley's been successful in MLS, but is this Gengen Press, Klopp, Pep, we're all the best, <laughs> 4-3-3, too sophisticated for MLS? And also, is it not a fatal move to build your attack on two wingers in MLS? Is that mm-hmm. not terribly ambitious? And we're seeing... And we're seeing the ramifications of that right now. I mean, sometimes you just kick it into the net. And one of the things that bothered me so much about what I'm not going to say game because it wasn't what that thing that I witnessed on Saturday is that (laughs) they're still trying to be pretty all the damn time. Just kick it into the net. We got CJ Sapon (laughs) doing all of this hard work off the ball movement. Just being uh, just just being direct as 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 a piston in an engine like no variation just here i am give it to me and they're still trying to do olympicos or or or, or free kick goals or shooting from 48 yards outside the box it Which doesn't is, it's so funny because it, like erling holland doesn't do any mm, of that none <laughs> of that like, well, I mean, okay, kicks like, the ball into the net. you're talking just, about arguably well, the best striker in the world right now. Like, like the, you know saying, what but, I mean? But, like, the but there's he's no, the best there's striker no... in the world is because he doesn't try all of that nonsense. Yeah, and, and there's nothing <laughs> too good for him. He'll go after ugly balls because he's got a nose for goal, right? Yeah. It's not That's about the aesthetic value. It's about getting okay. the ball into the net because they all count. Okay, go ahead, Mike. So let's, let's take a breath. Let's take a breath. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> not possible. It's, it's it's Just frustrating <laughs> and there are there are trends that are developing which you know i think are worrisome 
like for me again, like the question comes down to Mike going back to your point is what's this team's it's such a cliche word, what's this team's identity? And how exactly do they want to play? I, I I still don't think they've figured out the best way to go about doing that. Now, I, is Insigne and Bernadeschi the problem? I don't know. Like, I don't think so, right? They're really, really, really good players who can make a difference. Is it the way the team was constructed? Did they construct it the right way? Did they invest? Did they overcompensate this offseason and invest too heavily in their back line? If you think about it, every single one of their players, starters, I should say, except for CJ Sapong, would be a TAM level signing. Every mm-hmm. single one of their back lines a TAM level signing. Their goalkeepers a TAM level signing. You re-sign Jonathan Azorio to a TAM level contract. Michael Bradley's still on a TAM level contract. I think Mark Anthony K, not sure if it's TAM specifically, but you're definitely gonna have to buy down his budget charge. And then obviously the DP wingers, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's with only two DPs. Did they overcompensate and invest too heavily on their back line when they should have allocated more of that money? to something going forward potentially right i i think it's funny because obviously in the in the winter when we were asking where all the moves were all the moves then the moves came and we're like oh well it looked like you're fixing a glaring hole in the team which was <laughs> we've conceded 66 67 goals for two straight seasons so naturally that makes sense as a way to try to fix some of your issues i think the quite and the question i have here is is the dp plan in terms of how, and this Jeff goes back to what you were asking, is this working, mm. right? Are is it, it, does it make sense to be building your team around two wingers? wingers. And not just, just two wingers, right? But like, you've got two players that kind of want to do the same thing, right? And, and, and the way that they cut in right now, and Rachel goes to your point, by not being able to get the ball in scoring positions or in goal scoring positions, they're always cutting into the middle and clogging and congesting that space. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I just wonder, is this like is one OK and you and you use the DP spots for other positions? I mean, it's kind of like to me, it's almost like you you go into like the NFL draft or the NBA draft where eventually you get on the board. and You're like, you just take the best player that's available. doesn't matter if mm-hmm. they fit the team. It doesn't matter if it, it fits how you want to play. You just take the best player and hope they can make magic. And again, that is how it feels like we're going into games at times and and whether that's fair or not, I, I completely understand, you know, that people might come after me for that, but like, again, I test and, and, and you can't ignore that. And right now it feels like the, you're, you're just hoping for a bit of magic instead of actually sort of seeing a logical sort of repeatable of process to make something happen. Exactly. That, that can practice. be repeatable yeah. week after week. Yeah. So to me, yeah. I look at this and, I understand that MLS is different, but every successful footballing team, whether you're successful in Europe, you're successful at the World Cup, you're successful in MLS, um, has is not built on the wing. It's I I think the English translation is the spine of the team. Mm-hmm. And to me, if you look at like you look at the the teams that are winning Champions League or even the teams that are winning MLS Cup, they have an acceptable keeper. Strong center backs, strong central midfield, and strong strikers. Mm-hmm. To me, if you're if the middle of the pitch is not in order, you're in big trouble. And I see that somebody's asked about the DP spot. I yeah. think what 
hasn't been talked about enough in terms of like I don't know maybe it's just like a soccer business thing that I see but like when you're MLSE and you have already the highest payroll uh, for a team and you're not getting results you're shelling out all of this money yes you can have a third DP spot but if you're MLSE and you've you've been cutting these checks and not seeing success do you trust the architects of this team to then go out and spend more millions of dollars to add that third DP. Like there's a part of me that's kind of like, has TFC been told that they're not allowed potentially to go and spend that money? Like, have they been given the green light to go get that third DP or have they been told, Hey, you're spending too much money here, like $15 million for one guy. I do wonder if they're not getting a DP because maybe they're being told that they can't. No, we we talk about that a lot. And Bob Bradley's, But Bradley's come out and talk about the fact that this team doesn't have much of an uh, internal budget, let alone salary cap space. So I think a lot of people, I think the majority of Toronto FC fans now understand where financially this team is heading into the summer, and it's a harsh reality. But could something change? Could some? Could could they? Could Manning find a way to somehow, some way, free up more money? Could he find a way to? That's the job that he does that everybody undervalues, you know, referring to the tweet that I sent out. To sell. Yeah. Could they they find the way to sell the project and the right player to the board? That remains to be seen. But assuming that's not going to be the case, TFC don't have the the money to go out and get a third DP. That being said, they also don't have the money. And I, I know one of the advantages to get two DPs is by freeing up under 22 initiative spots. That's also the reason you're seeing TFC not go out and get those under 22 initiative players is because you got to play transfer fees for those players. And mm-hmm. again, that's they're part not of cheap your budget. either. <laughs> no, they are not. No, right? of course not. So for those that are holding out hope about a DP third DP, I, yeah, it's not, yeah. don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up in that front. Yeah. But to me, now, the spine of the team is, is the issue yeah. here. Like John Johnson, thank God, like poor John Conway has been begging for, an mm. upgrade and he got one right i think the upgrades oh, on the back line were fine like i like rusted a lot actually i i think he like i think he's I pretty just, good but the middle of the park the midfield is just like a disaster right yeah. now i apologize but to they shouldn't be i gave him the <laughs> sorry they really shouldn't comment. be yeah, yeah. 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 curse last week i praised him last week yeah you definitely did gap, so i apologize <laughs> to yeah, yeah yeah okay so then let's talk about that midfield right if if that's what you guys see is the issue me personally like what they're they're missing two of their key starters in that position. Yep. Alonzo Cuello stepped up and done a really good job. Brandon Cervanias come in. Oh. I think he's faded a little bit of late, but he he started off really really mm-hmm. strong in that midfield. Why mm-hmm. isn't the midfield clicking? Could you see a situation? First of all, like I think continuity is a is a thing. But let's say Definitely. in in a perfect world, let's say they're healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Is there, remember Oso's year where they, Danny played him a little bit further up the pitch. He was able to score. There was a bunch happening because he is a creator. When he's healthy, to me, I look at that and I, I understand like you brought Sapong in, whatever the case may be, but playing Oso a little bit further up the field where he's had success in the past and maybe that means Cervania comes out and Michael is the one that's the field general in the back because whether we like it or not, he might not be able to run fast anymore, but at least it's remotely organized back there. Like there's yeah, talking, yeah. right? So for me, yeah. when they're healthy, 
is there something to putting Oso back in that spot where he was able to succeed? Well, that's playing Chris, him as a Chris 10, Fung, right? false nine or, Oso. Or right, where there's false 10, nine or a yeah. 10, right? That, that Again, that's something that I, I don't know if we want to... Oh, okay. I mean, I guess we're at this point where we may have to think about it. But like... You know, he would if you're playing him a little bit more forward, that's kind of that 10 role. And and you know, is that what Bob Bradley wants in his system? Because well, it feels like you it's might more have of a to point do it, down. Right? You, three, you might have to do it, man. Like, come on. Well, no, here's, but I don't, here's the right? issue. Like, I don't care here's about the issue system anymore. Yeah. Here's the issue with that. You play Oza, mm. let's say, as a false nine, right? Okay. Lorenzo Insigne picks up the ball. Who's he looking for as a runner? You're What's right. in front of him? Yeah. No, nobody, because everybody's checking defeat. That's what I'm seeing a lot of, even now. And I know mm-hmm. they have CJ Sapong as that one target. For me, if I can put on my coach hat for a second, Four, what four I would two. do is, yeah, I would do the Sebastian yeah. Javinko special, what they did. With I like Sebastian the 4 yeah. a lot. I, 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 I love the bloody 4 4 two. They did No, it was like Saturday. a 4 2 2 1 1 or some insane. It, it was, it was they were playing one. so but narrow, and then they came so, out and they, and they, here, Jeff, and they brought out. out two strikers and they got even narrower. And I was like, what in the hell am I watching? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, Go with your 4 2. I want to, I want to, let's play this out. I, yeah. I want, so up top, I want CJ Sapong. Or Diamande, whichever one is healthier and in better in form. But beside them, put Lorenzo Insigne. (laughs) Put Lorenzo Insigne up top, right? You can even put him a little bit under, play him almost as a 10, but not really a 10. Um, But fade him more on the left side, right? And then behind them, you play, play, obviously, Bernadette, he gets in on the right mid. And then take your pick of three midfielders. We have three, we have a lot of options there. You have. Jaquil can play there. Jaquil can play in your left mid if you want. You could yeah. you could throw Mark Anthony K or Jonathan Osorio out there. Obviously, the two guys in the middle are probably going to be Michael Bradley. I don't know if Coelho's made enough of a imprint at this point. Personally, Cervania. I would love to see him. Cervania, you have options there at the middle of the park, and then you're back four. Mm. I would love to see that um, just because I think – I don't think Lorenzo Insigne works in Bob Bradley's 4-3-3. Agreed. Totally agree with That's, you as well. I, I, don't I don't think even, the four three works in MLS. I got to be honest with you. Like I've seen, but LAFC did it, and they were really okay, damn good. They, really, they, got, they had a magic Carlos it? Vela season, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. they still do it to yeah. a certain extent. It, it it morphs a little bit more than just a it morphs strict a lot three. more than a straight strict four three three. It's like quite we're talking course. about a four three. Like so, Bayern yeah. Munich plays a four three three right now because <laughs> because <laughs> there's no strike. Everybody does. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't even want to go down that road about that situation, but like. You look at it and you could play a 4-3-3 because you have certain players that are capable of doing certain things, right? And for mm-hmm. me, I don't think that Insigne and Bernadeschi are capable of making up for the fact that if you're going to play a 4-3-3, you need a staple in the middle. So like a lot of times at Bayern, that's Thomas Muller or Jamal Musiala, like TFC doesn't have somebody that runs and presses the way that those players do. When you're mm-hmm. playing a four-three-three, you look at Liverpool when they when they're Gagan pressing, right? I just don't think in MLS you can get enough players under the budget to be able to have the talent to press at the level you need to to successfully play the four-three-three. The four-four-two though has shown I think it could be successful. Do it. 
Well, okay, you could, but you have to be, you could play the 4-3 and find those players, right? To Mike's point, that 2019 LAFC team that you're talking about, yes, did. But also 2020 and 2020 as well. But you Mm -hmm. need to have incredible scouting and you need to go out and almost hit on just about every signing you make. And LAFC, for the most part, hit on Has. almost yeah. every single one of their signings, right? Like, yes, there were a few misses here and there, but generally speaking, if you're going to do that, you and you're going to spend the way that TFC does, and look, LAFC spends too, right? They more spend on, like, transfer fees for younger players. But you got to hit. You Are you saying have that TFC hasn't hit take. on their scouting lately, Mike? This is new information. <laughs> well, I oh mean, my goodness, you know, my like mind it's, is blown. It's, it's just reality, right? Like I you know Jack Dodd's now gone. I think from the club. Um, so you know, you're driving you know, a bag of money to his house. Right. Well, I mean, I can't remember what club he's gone to now, but Portland. Who cares? Our club, the Portland. Our club. Right. He's gone to Portland. I'm going but, to like, Portland. I'm going to make my whole wife's birthday trip. A recruit Jack Dodd, and I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> but you know, I think Jason Hernandez is actually pretty good, and I think I don't know. Might might maybe you have some insight into this, but um, I would like to see Justin Morrow get a little bit more involved because I, I mean, I mm. saw JMO like with my own eyeballs and how he scouts and talks to kids and brings them along. Him and Michael were so good with that that I think if involving JMO in a little bit more of like the team building side of it could be helpful. I saw Jamon yeah. today. Um, what a man. What a man. Good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. He's, uh, he's involved with a lot of it behind the scenes. Yeah. One of it okay. is player development. Um, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's got a good soccer mind. And I'm sure one day he'll, he'll work his way up. There's a lot of voices in that room. I'm sure Jamo is one of the voices. I'm not sure he gets as much of a voice in the room as maybe you're kind of hoping for, hoping, um, yeah. but maybe, yeah. maybe one day, but again, like I, we can't, okay. We can't sit here and say that TFC haven't been hitting on their, their well, scale. I think they haven't hit on right? uh, like all their signings have been terrible. No, that's no, no, no. But, no, but they've had season. a few notable, like, Oh my goodness, what happened? But this season, right? Every single signing that you brought in this season, yeah, you've hit good. on. Good. Right? Sean Johnson, absolute stud. Matt Hedges, absolute stud. Sigurd Rose, love Matt Hedges, right? <laughs> yeah, but those Sigurd are, but... Rose said, "You're doing a really good job." Raul when Petrata. Matt Hedges is on the pitch with you, Raul Petrata, I I think he's a good player. I mean, we haven't seen too too much of him. We haven't really seen him come in with Insignia. I think he's a good player. Um, who else did they bring in? Really, like uh, uh, Diamande hasn't really played. I've liked Sapong when. He's played to me, and you talk about Petretta like not playing much. Why is there still a concern over the fitness of the players? This has been how many coaches, how many years? Like, we're talking about Seba yelling and screaming about the same thing. Like, how has this not improved? Part of me thinks that we're homers and we're building an argument based on limited information. Part of me does. You know, oh, well, the I see these injuries and I've ignored the rest. So we get injured all the time and I'm mad. But, you know, if I scratch at the itch, it is a higher ratio than other teams in MLS. So, you know, somebody smarter than me, maybe somebody hired by the organization should probably do the legwork and figure out, you know, is it the training pitch? Is it, you know, the 
our, a workout, our downtime? Is it diet? Is it something? Because obviously it's something. Uh, so let's target that and fix it. And that's why I get so frustrated because it seems like nobody's doing that. Well, again, because there are no truths anymore. It could also be me totally simplifying how soccer players get injured and just being like, oh, it's another lower body injury. So, you know, fire, fire the lower body injury. Can somebody that's highlight what I'm saying. When you're flying, can somebody when highlight you're flying without a net, hurts, uh, uh, you got, you got nothing to go on. And we're flying without a net right now. Yeah, I, I actually spoke to Bob Bradley. This is the first time that's ever happened. All right, I spoke ahead. to Bob Bradley about this today, actually, mm. and like he's doing media. What he, what exactly is he going to tell you? Is he going to tell you the Not whole truth? Exactly <laughs> what he's thinking. He's usually pretty good at, at giving you something. Um, I essentially asked him if he's going to do the TFC need to reassess the way that they've been handling, you know. This medical medical staff, trainers, everything need to be reassessed. Um, and Sanji said they're always reassessing their options. Um, and then he goes into a bunch of different factors as to what exactly could lead to injuries. And then when you hear the amount of different little things that go into it, it's a lot. It's tough. It's easy for us to say, "Oh, injury. What are you doing? You're doing something yeah, wrong." I, I, it's, yeah, I leave a margin for it's, that. Yeah. It's so tough to pinpoint exactly what an issue could be. Also, injuries are also very different. Right. And I think the one thing you, you need to watch out for is Bob Bradley said like soft muscle injuries. Those oh. that's the one thing you need to do. An MCL is not a soft muscle injury. Victor Vasquez's foot surgery is not a soft muscle, at least from my understanding, it's not a soft muscle injury. No. Right. So and then it's like, okay, everyone has their own individual training regimen. Every not everyone does the same amount of work. Not everyone does the same training buildup during the week. So then you have to go through each ones individually. It's not like you're saying, oh, you know what? We're warming up too hard before games. We're training too hard on match day minus two because everyone goes through their their own individual things depending on their history and whatnot too. So it's really tough to pinpoint exactly what it what's not working. But that being said, but, it's yeah. quite it's quite clear that something is not quite working because since the second half of last season, and I'm just talking since Bob Bradley's come in, the yeah. second half of last season, they've been dealing with way too many, way too many inconvenient injuries to significant players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you I know, mean, I, I sat below I, that yeah. box, and, like, there were so many injured players in that TFC player box that some guys had to stand inside. That is too many. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before we, I mean, look, before we hand over to the burning question this week and turn the microphone mm-hmm. over to the listeners in terms of what they think needs to be fixed at the club, one question that I got to ask, and, and again, we've ranted, we've raved a little bit today. I got some Obviously, vibes, frustrating. Well, look, look, it's, vibes. It, hey, man, look, it's, frust- <laughs> it's frustrating, right? Like the inconsistency scheme. The vibes right. for 90 are not good right they now. They are not good right now. They are not good. It's a it's a low ranking. But like yeah, yeah. Are, Can TFC, I, before, are TFC as bad off as we think they are right now? Because if you look at the standings, question. okay. That is a good that is a good question. Well, because look if you look at the standings right now, yes, they're 13th, but man, the you know, you get a win and you're back into the playoff spots, right? It's like back, you, baby, just like you know, Church so said. Like, two it's, wins back it's to kind back. Kind of this weird, like, yes, the again, we talk about the eye test. And the eye test tells you right now that, whew, you know, that the football isn't, Oof. 
as good as we hoped it would be, at least coming into the season. But it's not like they're completely out of playoff contention, right? It's not ideally where you'd want to be this time of May. But as Turp McGirt said and, and in the comments, you know, they go win two games against Montreal and, you know, we're probably flying high again. That's so, the thing. Tell I me think- you weren't at the game on the weekend without telling us. But anyway, what I like <laughs> before I forget, before I forget, I hate answers like what Bob Bradley gave you for the medical staff because it's like, no, 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 whiz bang, whiz bang. There's all these things that happen that you wouldn't understand. Source, trust me, bro. Do you know what well, I mean? Like, it's like to be like, fair, that's I, my I, cliff notes of his answer. You mm-hmm. gotta watch his answer mm-hmm. before. Yeah, to be that. fair, I said hate, and I didn't mean hate. I just mean it's what <laughs> bothers me about because it because it like I do it all the time where it's like, oh, I'll make it lighter for you. Don't worry, you know, I'll use this code, and I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm obfuscating, you know, my desire to not explain myself or my working process to someone that doesn't have the shorthand as a method of just getting them off my back. And that's what that answer feels like. Like when, you know, when you ask a genuine question, why is everybody dying? And they're like, Oh, don't worry about it. It's just a thing. And you're like, no, but people are dying. Right. Like you, there, there has to be something in between that. And I, I, I don't like those like sermons from the mountaintop that are like, don't worry, little, little Jeff. We've been around. Don't worry about it. Soccer injuries are are bad. Right. Like we've been around the Bradleys for 10 years. We know that they know how to spin a yarn better than Mm. maybe anybody. And I don't think the club has any responsibility to tell us, you know, of the internal workings of of this person had a bad day and we're about to fire this person. But I also think that like, you know, because I don't want to know that I also like, I, I, I don't know. I, it, it, it speaks volumes. Like when we started and we talked about vibes and Rachel was talking about the mood in the box, it feels like everybody's kind of circling, like sort of insulating themselves. You know what I mean? It's not my fault. It's that guy's fault. It's not yes. my fault. It's this, it's this unknown person's fault. It has nothing to do with me. Well, there's no I in team, right? That's the absolute wrong answer. Instead of talking about where, why it's not, it, it's not your fault that the bus is careening into, into certain doom. How about you get up and drive the bus? Do you know what I mean? Because if everybody is sitting around going this, but you know, it, it's too a many bus passengers going, yeah, it's too many passengers on a bus about to careen over. Somebody get the hell up and but, take the draw, take the steering that's my wheel. Point. You know? That's the point of my question yeah. that I just asked, like, is the yeah. bus actually careening off the road or right now? Is it just yes. kind of swaying no, a little it, bit and not in the no, right No, man, place? that game was horrific. I'm sorry. I that would say one game. I would say this. Okay. So, so okay, I look ahead, at this from an evaluate. I will remove all my love for this club and just look at it with like my soccer hat on thank you to me when i'm evaluating a team i look at process right results eventually are going to come regardless Mm. Hmm. but it's going to even out the process for me right now is never mind the results like i didn't even know tfc was in 13th until you said it today like the process for me is what's actually concerning because Hmm. when you bring in a new coach Last year, like, I had a chance of numerous occasions to talk to Bob, right? And and last year, it was kind of his feeling out process. Obviously, there was, like, a lot of moving parts. This year is an evaluation year for me. And my biggest concern is I, as somebody who evaluates soccer, cannot discern what TFC's shape is at any given point. And I cannot figure out 
when the ball is in certain places, what they are trying to accomplish. And to me, that's a process thing that speaks to either the players are not on the same page or whatever they're doing from a process perspective is just straight up not working. And so I wouldn't say the bus is like careening off the cliff, but I also wouldn't say everything's fine to me. Two wins Mm -hmm. against Montreal doesn't really fix anything unless I can watch those games with my eyeballs and say, Oh, look, there's a shape, right? There's a defensive posture. Here's what they're doing in attacking. Like you can't really even scout to prepare for TFC right now because there's not a lot there. And that to me is what's concerning. Once I start to Mm -hmm. see positivity in terms of the process, then maybe I'll feel a little bit better about it. But for right now, um, that's the most concerning thing to me. And then, of course, you add my love for the club in, and I just want to scream, like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of people. I mean, how many times have we said, is- trust the process? And she's saying the process is broken. I want to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the way to scout TFC right now, uh, at least from an offensive perspective, you take away Insignia, you take away Bernadeschi, there's not much going on for this team at all. Or just take away the right side of the pitch. Right. Yeah. Or, yes. Yeah. That, that's that's exactly them. what New England did. Press, that is yeah, exactly what New England did. Take away the right side of the pitch, and, and there's nothing. Yeah. They right took now. away the right yeah. side of the pitch, and there was not much. Uh, to At do. this point, so, you can game plan against TSC by saying, "Bring orange slices or something shiny <laughs> on the side of the pitch," and they're all going to look at that instead, and you'll win. Harsh. That is harsh. That's harsh. Yeah. It is. Okay. Let me answer your question, Mike. I think for me the. The reason why the bus is closer to going off the cliff is just because TFC are stuck. And what I mean by that is you look at their budget and you look at the players that they brought in and you look at their Mm -hmm. salary cap, you look at the length of contracts that they've handed out. This is their team for the next little while. Um, We try to avoid this by doing this. And here we are again, at least for the duration, I think of this season, because the reason I say that is I'm going to become the Joker. Well, next season, we'll see. We'll we see live exactly in a society. With, with ahead, some of their budget, and we'll see what happens with their salary cap and Michael Bradley's contract coming out the books. But this season, like, they don't have wiggle room. They also, unless you want to make a big, dramatic shakeup, they don't have players you can trade for salary cap space. They have no one expendable on their roster that's actually worth something in Major League Soccer for them to go out and James do something else. It. Jaden's about so it. when I say that they're stuck, <laughs> that's why I'm like this. And the thing is, like, this team has potential to click yes. and be a playoff team. Like, yes, mm-hmm. based on the the individual players on its roster, they're all. You look at their starting eleven. I said this at the beginning of the year. They're starting eleven. I'll take that uh, over almost every other starting eleven in the league. But how often do you get that starting eleven? How how often can those Almost guys, eleven never. guys, remain on the pitch? And is that a recipe for success in the most, arguably one of the most congested seasons in Major League Soccer history? We're about to head. How many into, games are we playing this week? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're about to head into the most congested month of the season, yeah. potentially up to eight games this month. And TFC have seven, eight guys that are injured and key pieces as well. And there are guys that are like nowhere near coming back. Like I saw, I'm not going to say who, but I saw more than a few of them like in passing this weekend. And like, there was noticeable yeah. limping going on. Are they faking? I think they're faking because they don't want to come back. Um, I have, I have a question for the, for the panel because I interrupted Mike, which I'm sorry, but you know, 
all of these moves were made to avoid what we had post 2018, which was bad contracts, you know, uh, that we had to live through uh, albatross contracts. And yet we're here again. Is this, we know that luck plays a part in this. And we've already discussed that a lot of T- the TFCs had bad luck. Is this bad luck or is it bad planning? Or is it a little crazy, bit of both? The crazy part about that, there's not too many bad contracts. But yeah, go ahead, Rage. I'm going to say it's uh, probably 75% option two and mm. 25% option one. I think um, for me, I look at it and um, obviously some of the injuries were very unlucky and some mm. of the bounces have been very unlucky in terms of what's ended up in the back of the net. But to me, um, like I said about the injury stuff, like that's something you need to be looking into as a club and, and it can't continue. Like you just can't continue that. And then like we talked about the process thing for me, your job, and I'm not saying Bob should be fired because I don't think he should be fired. Your job Mm -hmm. as a coach um, is you have to use the personnel that you have and you have to be able to adjust your system to get the most out of what you have and right now i don't think that's what's occurring and that's why i worry about the process i think do you it's think bob's planning. capable of doing that or is he or is he too he's too stubborn i don't know i i i don't know because that's i also answer. think he's had an injured lineup which is attributed to the luck factor but to me mm-hmm. like the hallmark of a good coach is to be able to get the best out of what you have regardless you might want to play the gig in press but if you don't Mm -hmm. have the personnel to play the gig in press then like mikey said you you might have to play the 4-4-2 and it's as a coach can you that makes you a better coach not a worse one yeah i mean i'm finding it really difficult to equate bob's pedigree with what i've seen at his time at tfc and i'm finding that golf gets wider and wider i mean this guy is legendary you know so it forces me to ask a ton of questions that I that are uncomfortable questions each and every week. This week especially. I mean, how how do I equate what I'm seeing, which looks like honestly they got together, cracked a beer, you know, did 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 handstands, you know, shotgunned a few beers, went out and said, let's play soccer with the pedigree of of this coach that we've lusted after, like legit lusted after since we signed his son to be our captain. You know, this was supposed to be perfection like we finally got our man and here we are and i think that's why we're all so frustrated you know because it's so difficult like the two the two poles are becoming so much so far opposite that it's like it's it's crazy making yeah because i i hear what you're saying i'm not on the bradley out train neither am Um, i yet but i don't think anybody on this panel is um and and i think but are are we crazy people because no, I don't think we're crazy people. I don't think we're crazy people, and we'll get into it in the burning question because a lot of people are. Mm. Um, but <laughs> we're not crazy, crazy? But on the on the on the on the Bradley out train. Oh man, I've seen the takes on TFC live Twitter. I'm like, y'all, y'all, y'all need yeah, to. But, Everybody yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, at the yeah. same time, like I, but at the same time, I also get it from a fan perspective. I get right? it. Oh, oh my I god, get I get it. Like yeah. you know, like it's it's. You're what were we talking about? Two, three wins. It's in been the years last... in the making too. Yeah. Right. I like, think TFC fans right? are frustrated part of it. And like, maybe it's like the ones that I talk to or, or the families or like whatever the case may be, even people that are no longer here anymore. Um, I just saw that in the comment. No, do not. No. What I was no, TFC had their man. They had their man. And then they chose somebody above him 
who allowed him to walk away. TFC's man was Greg Vanny. They had their man, and they let him go. And it has been a carnival fire ever since. That is not Bob Bradley's fault. That is mm-hmm. not Tim Bezbachenko's fault. They had their man, and they let him go, and it's been a disaster ever since. I'm not saying you need to bring Vanny back, but the stability yeah. that Greg Vanny brought is what you need to be looking for from Bob Bradley, or if you decide to move on from Bob Bradley, then who you're getting to replace him. Because to me, mm-hmm. the stability is key. No, do not bring Chris Armas back. How dare you? No, no, he's just he's exactly. trolling now. They're, they're straight up trolling that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's exactly why they brought Bob Bradley. Bob Bradley in, yeah. Exactly. Bradley yeah, yeah, in. that's exactly bring why they brought in that, Bob Bradley exactly in. what you said, Rach, is to bring mm-hmm. in that culture, bring in that stability, and all of that. And are, is it is it too short into his tenure? Yes. Because look how many pe- look how many players have been turned in and out by the time he's got here, right? This is what really is, what, this is really the start of his first season as having an actual team that is supposed to be. I don't even want to say MLS Cup contender, but like a, a decent team, right? And we're eleven games, twelve games into the season, a team that's faced with a bunch of injuries, mm-hmm. like. Is it too early for us to be coming down with a verdict on the job that Bob Bradley has done? Or is that something that takes years to actually okay, In a results-based business, what strange bedfellows? In any town, what strange bedfellows? Like, I get what you're saying. Absolutely. But also, mm-hmm. you have to sell tickets. So, where you know... They do a pretty point, good job of selling tickets, Jeff. Yeah, tickets aren't the you're problem. You're right. Tickets You're are right. not the problem. So I think do we, though, the, do we come? Do we become the Maple Leafs where we just take idiots like? Whoa, 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 whoa. None of that. Sorry, how no, dare you speak about the Maple Leafs that way? And you didn't rip into you didn't rip into Arsenal when I was away, which I really appreciated. So let's just <laughs> that didn't happen. I didn't say the Leafs, but I'm not talking about the Leafs in terms of uh, presumed on or off ice success. I'm talking about that there's such a cash crop that it influences every decision that the the higher ups at the Leafs make because they've got that built in. It's like the Apple TV deal in MLS, right? Everything that they do is now mitigated by the fact that there's this immediate nest egg every year thanks to Apple, right? Does it make TFC lazy? I think the answer has to be I don't know if it makes it lazy, but I would say that in this market, this is probably one of, let's say, four or five markets in MLS where results matter. Right where the mm-hmm. fans get yeah. on you if the results are bad, right? And there are I, I too think, many Europeans here to not do that. Well, just that. Yeah, one, like, yeah. I think, and I think this. And we've know, tasted the mountaintop. Yeah, we've exactly. To we've tasted the mountaintop. Yeah. We know what it wants. You know, Michael Bradley said it tasted years the ago, mountaintop. Right? What the hell? Yeah, I know. I, I don't even know. See, I think like, <laughs> like, God, rubbing off on me. Yeah, okay. show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But like the, you know, the idea that we want to be the quote unquote, he actually said Bayern Munich of, of MLS, right? This team that constantly, well, no, Mm -hmm. but the, you know, the team that constantly competes for trophies every single year should be in the conversation every single year. He asked us to do that as fans. And now we're holding their feet to the fire to it. Right. Like in that, in that, in that sort of ideal of what this club is supposed to be in my mind, TFC should be a big club that should always be competing for trophies. And so far in the last couple of years, this club is nowhere close. It's nowhere close to being that. Right. And and that's where that frustration comes from. Intimately familiar with both clubs. Um, 
like <laughs> on a level that maybe is a little bit crazy um you can say you want to be like Bayern Munich but at the end of the day it doesn't even matter what happens on the field if you do not conduct yourself in training mm-hmm. in the boardroom in how you plan like the big clubs you will not be a big club it starts with the process and to mm-hmm. me unless the executives and the offices and the doctors and then the coaches and then the players are all kind of doing, Mm. acting the way that a big club should act, you will never get there. And I think, I believe, I don't know if Josie said it this weekend to you, Michael, but Josie kind of said that. Yeah, he did. He said a lot. He's at a lot. Yeah, he I love Josie I won't, so much. I won't pull the curtain back. Yeah, let's let's, but... let's we won't go into Josie's comments. Maybe that's for another show. But he, you know, he. Did I can't say believe I've, I've abandoned that. This we went through this whole show like and didn't even talk. That about That was Josie. the first thing I wanted turn. to talk about. Like, yeah, I gave that. And, then, the and then everybody got mad because he didn't wave at the fans uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the game. But um, that was the best part of the whole game when he came out. That was the best part of the whole game for me. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, jump into this week's burning question where we are turning it over to you, the listener, in terms of what should this team uh, change. But let's hit in the fancy. The burning question presented by Nextdoor. Nextdoor is the official community app of Toronto FC. It is also where you can connect with the people and local businesses in your neighborhood. We'll be posting the burning question each week on Nextdoor's TFC fan group. So join today by downloading the app or going to nextdoor.ca. So the question that we posed to you all both on uh, Nextdoor and on Twitter was, aside from firing people, because they're not firing anybody, what does Toronto FC need to change? Uh, Two answers here I'll read from our Nextdoor group. One from Jamie Collingham uh, out in Pickering just saying, uh, well, our midfield has been laid bare with the absence of Osorio and Bradley. We need them back ASAP if we want to be a top team. I think that was mentioned by one of you today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's Victor, oh, sorry, and Victor yeah, Solano uh, just chimed in as well, saying the team needs a, a great defender. Does clearly does not believe in Matt Hedges and or Rose yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, an experienced uh, center back. And please, Victor Vasquez, return as soon as I possible. love him. I have no notes. <laughs> no, no, 10 out of 10. No notes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. And a couple of uh, notes here from Twitter. I mean, you guys were in the takes here. Uh, a lot of you in your feels. Oh, no. So uh, I get it. But I'm going to read a few. They're not all unhinged. So that's good. Um, Matt Curry just tweets and says uh, four things that he points out here. Define a clear strategy and club identity. We talked about that. Share uh, share that uh, strategy and identity with the fans. We talked about that. Maybe don't share the on-pitch strategy. Yeah, maybe don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My eyes yeah. are already glazing over. I don't know about that, but sure. Fair. Uh, make decisions that support and improve against that objective over the is long Step four, term. profit. Please tell me step four is profit. Please, uh, please, step please. four, make <laughs> that money. No, uh, step four is ignoring all the rest of the noise. I don't think they've done enough in steps one and three. So interesting points there um uh, let me just sort of touch really quickly um on the sharing with the fans part because we we did spend a little bit of time talking about sort of how Mm -hmm. fans have been reacting to all this do you do you really think that fans really need to know the full sort of like 
here is the five-year grand plan. This is what we're going to do. Kind of like how, again, we talked about the no. Leafs, what the Leafs no, have done. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. I think, okay, I will say this. Um, a big clubs, you want to act like a big club. A couple things do need to change. One, if you want to be a big club, you're going to be talked about, which means you can't be chasing every single media leak that comes out because there are you don't control your narrative. Twitter, yeah. There are entire Twitter accounts dedicated to the likes of Bayern, Chelsea, Real Madrid. Like you can't if you're gonna if you want to be a big club, you gotta act like one, which means you want people talking about you. So that's all press one. is good press. Yep. Exactly. But two, I do think that there does need to be some level of communication with the fans. And I'm not saying this is our grandstanding plan, but it would be nice if there was some level of, I I don't even, like, candidness mm. to either Bob or Bill. Don't insult our intelligence, yeah. Yeah, like, what I'm saying is, is, like, you don't have to give us the entire grand plan, but it would be nice if there was, like, hey, we do have too many injuries, and these are the things we're doing to rectify that. Yeah. Yeah. Or when they came out like five or six years ago, right? And they said like, listen, we lack in these three areas. I forget what they were, but Greg said it pretty clearly. And then mm. they addressed them. To me, that's what's important. Not, no offense, having a fan design a jersey. That does absolutely nothing for the success of the team or bringing your fans in. You need to communicate with your supporters that something is going on because at a minimum it shows them that you're invested in them. And I don't mm. think the club has done a good enough job of showing the fans that they care about them as much as we care about the club. Okay. It's a very, it's such a high wire act though, because no one is ever happy. You know, I had, uh, uh, it wasn't, it, it, somebody was blaming Bill Manning for inflation on my, on my Twitter <laughs> feed today. No, seriously. What? They were like, they were like, well, you know, it's Bill Manning's fault that beers are $25 and I used to pay $10 for them. No, my dude, that's nope. that's inflation and <laughs> supply chain problems from a global pandemic. Like Bill does not, he's not the Illuminati. You know what I mean? So, but that's the thing. Like you, when you, you, you can't engage as fully as you may be suggesting because then you're opening yourself up to the attack, you know, but you also can't, you just, it, it's too much spin. It's a it's a tight wire act. Just be I, honest. Well, or be carefully honest, but <laughs> yeah. don't be own faced all the time. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. There are ways to lie with a smile on your face and have everybody, you know, eat it hook, line, and sinker, right? But but but, but this like stone faced arms crossed, not only makes us feel like we're at a lower tier. It's elitist, you know, and a losing team can't be elitist to their fans, right? And that and that's why the disconnect is coming. I say this all the time, winning changes everything. And I think that's that's standard. We're but I also think Bill needs to maybe yeah. take a page from like Masai. Less so like obviously I've dealt with Kyle Dubas and Brendan Shannon yeah. a lot. No, you're but right. like to you're me, right. the way Masai handled specifically like the Kawhi Leonard DeMar DeRozan trade, that was a that was a trade that upset a lot of people. And I thought that when Masai came out, he was candid, he was honest, mm -hmm. he didn't give like 100%. everything away with what they were trying to do but that's the level where i think raptors fans felt like Masai respected and valued them and to me i don't think that bill disrespects the fans by any means 
What no. I'm saying is, is like when you're going out and getting a player like Insigne or getting like Bernadeschi, be candid about your expectations. Don't say, oh, we want to be better. Be candid and say, this is what we expect. And less than that means we need to reevaluate what we're doing. Like, I just think there needs to be some level of honesty there and treating the fans similar to how Masai talks to Raptors fans, right? It's obviously not been a good year. And I thought yeah, he was pretty candid at his presser. Yeah. Um, some of it's about personality. Bob's not Greg. We were treated, you know, Greg is a unicorn. We were like, you know, I, I know Mikey recovering Greg when he was, when he was around. I mean, the man stayed for hours to have conversations about football theory with you. Like he was the gaffer and he was your mentor and he was a friend and he was approachable and he was affable, you know, you checked off all the lists. So some of this is a little, I think a little bit of sour grapes, but I mean, people were deriding Greg while he was here all the time too. I, I, you know, I agree with you, Rachel, you have to reset the narrative or the narrative is a different, the wrong word. You have to reset the discourse. There's not enough coming, so everybody's kind of spinning in their wheels, and I think that's that's what I take from your comment. Fair enough. Okay, um, and then I'll read one more comment here uh, from the masses, uh, and this goes to a little bit of um, what we were talking about earlier, just uh, from uh, Craig Kennedy, just saying the age of the roster. This is a league where having young runners can really help. And TFC have precious few of those. No problem with older players, but you can't trot out 11 of them. I don't know if that was exactly the problem on Saturday um, per se, no. but uh, look, I think, I think the, the stark, reality of what we started with last season to where we are now where we literally have done a 10-year swing in average age in a year uh seems like a lot for a lot of players but again this time last year everybody wanted to fire all the kids and wanted to sign every veteran under the sun so you can't kind of have it both ways right like you know it's one thing um it's one thing to say like hey don't have all old guys but at the same time you do need some veteran leadership in your team um and the question really to me from there is that veteran leadership where is it now right where is it now to to get us over the hump mike sir go ahead no no no, no. I, I, like like i said I, this team this camaraderie that seems like everything behind the scenes is is going in a way better direction than it has in the past is there like on every team is there still you know moments where people are upset yeah absolutely but it really does feel like this one of the things that bob bradley set out to do was to bring in guys who are bought in bring in guys who love the game bring in guys who are willing to show up to training every single day bring guys who come in and train with a good mentality and again it really does feel like they have absolutely done that part about it so if if they can keep things going in again that direction they can stay mentally strong um maybe they can get over that hump and get back in but if things go sour and that mentality does break which mm-hmm. is something again they set out to to really go and get then you could go on down a pretty slippery slope here so Hopefully, hopefully, you know, like like Jeff said, a win changes all of this and changes the tone of our shows, changes the tone of the group, changes the mentality of the group, changes the mentality of the fan base. 
a couple of wins do that. Yeah, it's got to be a Montreal. Yeah. yeah, let's hope and they're both against Montreal. Yeah, and hopefully they do it playing some better football too, because that's, that's another what thing. Like results yeah. are yeah. results are one thing, but the that part that I think irks a lot of people is just how bad was the yeah. football <sighs> was. Yeah. I think that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, I think this town, I think this, this team, this, this club, the fan base can, can take poor, poor results um, or results not going your way. If you're playing well or playing a style of football that is a pleasing and you're losing because, you know, just the team, it was able to notch a lucky goal Mm -hmm. or do something like that. When you're playing like that, like they did on Saturday and losing like that, it's really hard for people to come Small back and really zeros, get behind yeah. the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's close it out here, guys. Um, really great show this week. Thank you for everybody to jumping in the chat. There was a really yeah. great debate back and forth yeah. uh, between Gray and uh, and our show friend of the show, Chris Fung. About everybody uh, else got a good point X in the chat, except for me, which I suppose is is, is natural at this point. But yeah, absolutely but... nobody said good point, Jeff. So yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, all right. So thank you for listening to another episode of Toronto Till I Die. We really appreciate you uh, coming in and listening with us. We'll be back next Monday recapping TFC's home and away derby matches against uh, Montreal. Uh, they play tomorrow. Just remember. So if you're heading down to BMO Field. Uh, Go early. Yeah, Don't go, take go the TTC. I might, yeah. No, I might leave right now just to make sure I get there on time. So. Yeah, because, yeah. uh, I mean, God help them if they lose both games uh, next Monday. Mm. Um, let's not even think about that at this point. Uh, if you could be so kind, dear listeners, uh, please subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet on YouTube here, just click the subscribe button. Hit the bell. Oh. Alert, do the thumbs up. Oh, no, up. it's the troll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there you go. There you go. You got your good. You got your good point. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I and, didn't. Uh, I didn't. For really. those listening on the podcast version, do us a big favor: leave us a five star review on Spotify, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on those platforms uh, specifically, or if you're listening another way to get your podcasting to leave a review. Please do so. We really appreciate it. it. Helps people find the show, and as you can see in the live chat, building a nice little community here that's watching live with us every Monday. Uh, but for Rachel Dory, for Michael Singh, and for Jeffrey P. Nesker, I'm Mike Newell. See you all next week. Cheers, everybody. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die.